Hi, this is Diana van Giesbergen from Xandria. What's up? This is Parker Jameson from the band Starkill. Hey, this is Scarla from Laventura. This is Danny Marino from The Agonist. Hi, this is Mark from Dragon Force, and you are listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. Podcast listeners, this is Golf Dog with another artist interview. Today we're going decidedly dark, speaking with Fernando, frontman for the amazing Portuguese gothic metal band Moonspell. Fernando, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Metal Debate Podcast. No problem, my pleasure. It's great to be here. Well, we're talking to you from Louisville, Kentucky, where Moonspell is uh, about to perform at Diamond Pub as part of your tour with Epica. How have the first few days of the tour been? Very good, very easygoing even. It's our second trip on this um, tour uh, to North America. And, uh, I mean, uh, touring with Epica, they're such an accomplished band with a great crew. It makes uh, our job so easy as well. They are a great band, great turnout as well. So for us, it's um, also an opportunity to, you know, showcase our music to um, new fans, um, fans from the, um, the other bands. And so far, all the shows have been really, really nice, yeah. You're up in the northeast of North America early in the tour in January. Did you have any trouble as far as snow or, or getting around? No, we always, um, you know, uh, seem to, to get away <laughs> from, from, from the storms because it's not the first time that there is really bad weather um, while we are touring the U.S. But so it seems like uh, we were just um, on the right time at the right place because we avoided the storm by two days, especially in New York. Things got uh, pretty hectic there, but then on the day of the show we had there, everything it was um, quite smooth. Good fortune for you there. Well, you mentioned Epica. You're sharing the stage with Epica and Starkill, each of which provide really unique sounds, I think, in addition to Moonspell. So, you know, what are your thoughts about the mix of bands that the audience are getting to see night after night? That's really a great bill. I was very amazed by the fact that Starkill is such a young band. You know, and they have their stuff so together already. You know, they have a very European sound, uh, especially from um, this technical death metal from from the Nordic bands, and uh, they really deliver. I mean, it seems like um, I mean I wasn't that experienced when I was their age. You know, I was, I'm re- really amazed by the the sheer power of this band. And of course, Epica, we know them for um, many many years. I mean, we watch them grow in Europe, um, and I think they became one of the most interesting bands of this. Um, new style that wasn't there before, you know, this kind of symphonic metal, soprano metal, you know, you, we see their fans, they're all about fantasy, and I think we fit in the middle, I mean, we are kind of the veterans on the bill, you know, like our music is a bit darker, probably a little bit harsher um, here and there, but people are really enjoying it, you know, they are giving us also the, not only our fans, but, um, you know, people that come to check out Epica, they give us the benefit of the doubt, but in the end, they are really, really we were getting a lot of compliments, you know. And earlier this year, you were on tour with Septic Flesh, so again, a, a different mix of styles. Do, do you feel like that's a challenge to maybe win over some folks who haven't heard of Moonspell before and are coming maybe primarily to see another band? It's always an effort, you know. I mean, um, nowadays, um, people are very divided when it comes to uh, listen to uh, uh, to music, you know. So um, they invest in their 
favorite bands and that's all they, they can do so it's it's even though it's easy to discover new stuff sometimes it's hard to follow so many bands so um it's always a challenge it always has been i mean Moonspell is not um like a very consensual band as well our albums are different we flirt in between styles a lot but so it seems that even with when we tour a more extreme bill people um, recognize our musicianship and they recognize that we are um, at least trying to do something different and uh, original not only you know playing by the unwritten rules of how to be extreme or dark or goth so i think people um they really um, when they support us it's also they credit us for our originality and our um, um stand in the scene as a band that is already two decades you know and did already the records out of an uh, emotional thing and not something calculated so i think that um it's always a challenge i mean being here it's a challenge you know um in a way especially coming from portugal uh, we were accepting challenge as as it came in a way you know day by day since um since 99 but i never ceased to be challenged yeah i think every night is definitely a challenge yeah well not to get too far into the whole genre thing but for folks who aren't familiar with Moonspell, could you give us a quick overview of what they can expect when they hear you on record or live? Well, um, nowadays in 2016, if I say gothic metal, for sure they will be very surprised when they hear a male singing, <laughs> in a way. you know. So um, even though it's, it's hard to define, I think that our roots definitely uh, boil down into a mixture between uh, metal, classical metal, bands that we loved, um, as kids from Maiden to Metallica, uh, but also all the other bands that we found as we grew up, you know, more extreme stuff like Bathory or Celtic Frost, but also stuff like Typo Negative, Sisters of Mercy. So we kind of draw from all that, um, all that, um, all that sound. So when people call us um, dark metal, I think that's probably, you know, the, the least worse. Um, you know, thing that that they can call is because um, it's hard to define. Yeah, but it's it's still metal. It's not pop or goth music. It still has um, you know riffs and it's guitar driven and it's um, has a lot of shouting um, as well and, and and it grooves. But um, yeah, it's it's um, all the subject and all the imag- imaginary and everything goes more to the gothic stuff. Yeah. I think you said it well earlier when you said how you maybe fit kind of between the, the Epica and the Starkale. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, that's true. Well, I want to talk about your uh, album artwork. To me, it's both beautiful and somewhat provocative. How important to you all as a band is it to for, that your visual elements match the music? Well, um, when we are working with an artist such as uh, Seth Ciro Anton, the guy that designed the, the cover and the artwork for... Um, our latest releases from Night Eternal, Alpha Noir, and now um, Extinct. He always has a like a carte blanche, you know, to um, to do whatever he wants after listening to the music and reading the lyrics. So he came up with a very, you know, harsh and extreme cover, um, and I kind of got um, his point because you know, Extinction is a very extreme theme uh, in a way, and uh, in the in the way he read it was more that uh, people were picking up, you know, body parts from mother nature or from memories or from all the metaphor that carries extinct. So even though it was a big risk to put this um, cover, we could have mellowed it down a little bit. That's the way we work with artists, because if we approach someone, in my opinion, it's because you like his work, you know, and um, it's very hard, um, you know, and musicians should know that by themselves. When you hire someone and then you are telling him what to do, you know, it's just that you hire... Than, you know, just the hand and not 
you know the the entire human being that is going to put it to put it um, together so um, i really like the um, the cover we have different covers for um different editions and i think that in on this genre everybody um you know talks about darkness and horror but uh, not all the bands go all the way you know in displaying that's more um in a more um let's say um, in your face form so and i think that's um that's important because i see many gothic metal dark metal bands you know having even more extreme in music and then they have this completely beautiful cover or you know and then i'm you know as people um have the reaction they listen to our music is quite melodic and, uh, and achieved and they see this cover probably to belong to a brutal death metal band i think that um, makes them wonder it makes them think and that mixture between beauty and horror is something that has to work for our music and for our fans yeah so sometimes the the contrast and the aesthetic can be an important part of that message I think so. I mean, um, we we got together as a band in the '90s, you know, and um, a lot of the '90s music, especially the metal that was um, coming up from Europe, was very about contrasts. Was very about you know mixing styles, alternative styles like gothic and metal. So we kind of born into that um, atmosphere, and that kind of defines us as a band. Even these um, many years that have passed since um, since the, um, the early '90s that we formed, we still attached to this um you know let's say way of making things that it's not just um, um one dimensional but that can learn from other sides of music other forms of art i think the message is really really important i don't want our band you know to have this pattern image of course you do what you can you know obviously when we tour europe we have our own light show etc but at least there's a, a minimal thing that you have to pass to especially at the live show so that people know what you what you are about yeah well, talking about the live show in the U.S., maybe a little more scaled down from what you have in Europe. Here in Louisville, we're at a pretty small venue. I don't know if you had a chance to be in there, but a smaller place. Do you have a preference as far as stage size? And does that do you feel like the size of the venue affects your ability to interact with the crowd at all? Um, it shouldn't. <laughs> I think that um, you know, and everybody that um, is touring for as many years as us uh, know that um, you know. The touring life um, up to a certain stage, to a certain level, especially if you are like an underground band like like Moonspell, um, you will have um, you know to adapt and to be uh, to deliver a good show in any situation. I mean, we toured a lot in Europe, and then we came back, and then we came first time to the U.S. in '99, and things were very different, you know, because we were more established uh, in Europe, and here in the U.S. was just an underground tour. You know, with uh, with In Flames, which actually became a big name in the U.S. But um, on that tour, we actually learned the hard way how things were here. You know, so um, I mean, you fast forward more than ten years. Of course, um, we are used, and um, it's even a moral ob- obligation for the bands to put up a, a good show um, in every pl- place. You know, and um, I think this place is actually quite nice. I mean, we've played, uh, believe me, smaller places. <laughs> places that are not even capped or clean you know so that um that's something that never changes throughout the the, the history of, of metal of, of of touring of touring bands so i think that um our element is more the clubs definitely um, you know the, the dark show um, you know more closed atmosphere more in your face that conveys better but we had great experiences at festivals you know i just think that the musician has to be in the perfect set of mind that's why you know you go to check out first 
you know, to drink in a little bit from what's what's on in the in the building you're going to play. That's um that's important. And for me, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Obviously, any band and any musician will tell you he likes to have these conditions to play. Obviously, that's very very important, you know. And sometimes you cannot expect the um, crowd's sympathy that you know they came from work or they want to have a good time or they want to listen to their favorite songs and um you know they're not thinking about there is enough channels or enough space or you know and that's kind of your job in a way to, to protect them from that reality and to give them what they want which is the show which is the fantasy so i think that can happen in many places if you put um, yourself into it uh, really deeply i mean uh, we're all family man uh, we live in portugal we have a great life in europe we're always trying hard here. It's harder for us to break into Amis to break um, into the into the state, and everything put together, um, we have to really enjoy what we are doing on stage. You know, these 50 minutes that we play every night are very, very important because that's what brings us here. Nothing, nothing else. Yeah. Well, talking about those 50 minutes, limited stage time there, how difficult is it to come up with that set list, and uh, especially a band who has 11 full studio albums under its belt? I mean, do you, do you find yourself really having to pick and choose, or are there are some staples that you just know have to be on there? Well, yeah, I think that um, we have a structured set list, definitely. Uh, this tour is going on since March, so here and there we change the songs, you know, that's a plan of changing on these tours um, as well. And especially when you come for the first time on a place, it's very important that, um, you know, the fans that are here also to see us, that they can, um, you know, find that common place, that spark that brought us together with Moonspell. So that's very important that we play, you know, the so-called Moonspell classics, you know, like Alma Mater, Vampiria, Opium, that's all in our set um, every time. Yeah, but with 50 minutes, not that I'm complaining, I think it's great that Epica actually give us more than 40 or 45 minutes. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's very hard for you know, 11 studio albums to, um, to play from every album or to try to make uh, you know, the history of the band in, um, in 50 minutes. So we have to pick and choose. But um, normally two songs we are playing today, but probably won't, won't play um, the day after, we always change, especially newer songs. But um, I think um, it's a quite uh, when it's impossible to make a set that will like you know tell all the history. I think you have to um, make a good teaser in a way, you know. And I think that's what we try to do to keep uh, the groove and to keep the, the set going <clears throat> with any with, with the, the moonspell atmosphere, which sometimes it's hard, but sometimes it's totally more laid back. So I think that uh, we, have, we have a good set list for tonight, yeah. And the songs from Extinct, do you feel like that they've been well integrated into the set list? Do they feel natural now after uh, uh, beginning to play those? Well, actually, I had that same doubt when we started playing back in March in Europe when the, when the album was released. But, um, you know, sometimes, um, especially music- musicians, you tour so much and you think a lot about the set list. And obviously, you know, you have to think about it. But um, sometimes you just have to play a couple of shows and um, to, to see how it, where it goes. And uh, when we started touring for Extinct, it was quite um, uh, obvious to us that um, you know, they will flow really natural with the, with the past repertoire, especially songs that have turned out to be as important to the fans as uh, many songs from, uh, 
from the past, like the title track, the title track Extinct or uh, the opener Breathe Until We Are No More. So I think that's, um, I don't know why, but these songs that um, were made with such care on studio translated very well into the into the live um, into the live things especially now that Pedro is back on the keyboards and Ricardo is the only guitar player um, I still think that um, we have this uh, moonspell sound more more together now and um, I think that, that people that don't know us uh, probably they wouldn't tell you know if the song is 20 years old or 10 or just one year old yeah they all, they all fit naturally uh, they do yeah Fernando, we have a fan question from Michelle from Dunville, Ontario. She's going to the 70,000 tons of metal cruise uh, at the beginning of February, where Moonspell will also be appearing. Michelle wants to know what you are most looking forward to being part of that cruise. Well, I could say getting drunk with Michelle, but <laughs> um, honestly, it's the third time we make um, on the um, make it into the cruise, um, and um, the first time we did, didn't know what to expect like anyone else, the first 70K. But I think that um, it, it just uh, kind of um, played by itself, you know, like I was talking in the, in the last um, question. And now what I see, it's the, um, there is, you know, this kind of brother-sisterhood that, that um, I was planning ahead to go to the, um, to the cruise and uh, to enjoy that um, atmosphere because there it's um, really no strings attached. You know, there's no backstage, there's no distance. People can buy us drinks, we can talk, we can, you know, informally um, meet and greet, which is the best way. Um, and I think that's the kind of spirit I always look forward um, into the boat. I mean, the shows are important, but also everything that is outside um, the shows, the hanging out, the drinking, the socializing, you know, the experimenting with, <laughs> with, uh, with, with, with stuff that happens on, on, on cruises. And uh, each time more 70K is definitely bringing more and more into the into the into the people that go um, into the cruise. So yeah, what I'm looking for is that when we get rid of the check-in, and finally we sit down at the pool deck, and we finally order our first bucket of drinks. For me, it will be a bucket of dos x por favor, and I think that will be a nice way to kickstart the 70k. And I just hope that we don't play the opening night. That's always what I hope. Yeah. <laughs> tough to do the opening night after... Uh... We never did it, but um, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> well, Fernando, starting to wrap up with you, what can fans expect following up 70,000 tons of metal as far as touring? Well, um, we go back home for a while, and uh, then we have uh, two more tours, um, Europe, UK, and uh, then uh, Russia, um, and then the summer festival season starts, and we're keeping um, our um, the, the second semester of um, of 2016 a bit open because we have a lot of um, stuff to consider, either to go to back here to North America or either to go to Asia. Um, I don't know if we can do it all. We have to think about how to uh, organize it or South America that's high on demand for Moonspell um, as well, especially the, since the last Rock in Rio in Brazil. So um, it will be touring and, uh, and probably trying to, to go to territories that we haven't been still touring with this, um, with, this, um, with this tour or probably, you know, just trying to give it a little more push to the territories that, that need in North America. It's always, they, we always need to play here um, often, you know, to get the, the, the word going. 
And um, in the meanwhile, we are not making a new album. The, these um, these years will be completely impossible. But we are um, um, recording and trying to release the, a new DVD, um, live DVD, a very special concept. One part acoustic, the other part acoustic or- orchestral, the other part more like a regular hometown, municipal show in Portugal. So that's most likely going to be our release in 2016, a new live DVD. We, you know, we're trying to make a very special edition with a two shows, but with a couple of more things, probably some unreleased songs as well. well. That's exciting for fans to look forward to, and it just speaks well to the, the strength of the album Extinct that you're going to be touring two straight years You know, after the re- uh, release of that album, that uh, there's that demand across the globe for Moonspell. Yeah, that's true. I mean, two, two and a half, three years, I think that will be our touring cycle for um, for extinct and also I mean probably our most important albums like Wolfhard and Religious are also Irreligious turns 20 years this year so we're making a couple of shows we're making a special set also on the 70k where we play the whole of Irreligious and um, so that's also you know occasion to celebrate and probably to play a few dates um, in selected cities with more like back to the root show between Wolfhard and Irreligious but um, yeah there's a lot of ideas um, let's see how you know how we can do it because um, 2015 was uh, more than 120 concerts. So with all the traveling from Portugal, uh, we were quite away from everything. So we're trying to you know pick up again and um, trying to decide what's what was going on when it comes to release, writing new music, etc. Well. Finally, Fernando, what are the best ways for fans to purchase music and merchandise from Moonspell? Well, um, there are many ways. Um, we have um, an American representation on indie merch. They carry our CDs and they carry our T-shirts and uh, other items of merchandise. And we also run um, a web store that you can find in our Facebook. It's a Portuguese name, but you will find it there. All the links are there. And um, that's our official web store. And, um, I mean, we always have um, everything that's possible to have, you know, Moonspell, even uh, books I wrote, still in Portuguese. I'm still translating them to English, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a nice way to support. Um, and we have our label, which is a, also in a fantastic um, web store, Napalm Records. They got everything as well, and they're very good uh, you know, when it comes to vinyl and limited edition. So for the collectors... They are very, very praised label between the collector and fan community. So I think that's um, the best way. And also at the shows, of course, you know, because it's also a way of um, supporting the bands while on the road. And um, I think it's um, it's always great uh, sign when someone goes and buys some, something from your merch booth. You know, something like, um, of course, they paid for the ticket. And these days we have to consider, you know, the ticket ex- expensive. People have to travel most of the times to come to the to the U.S. shows, you know, sometimes European people are a bit too spoiled because they think they travel a lot. But here we see people that have traveled a lot, you know, to come to to um, a city that's probably probably not even in their state, like it happens. So it's only good when they pick up something from from the night, a spell item or other bands item. That's very important for the bands, yeah, definitely. Well, this is going to be my first time to see you folks live. I'm very excited about it. I'm doing research for this. I've just seen, just been so impressed with your live performance and the quality of your back catalog that 
uh, I honestly was just vaguely familiar with and checking it out. Just so impressive. I want to encourage our listeners, check out the catalog of Moonspell, especially this new album, Extinct. It is a killer. Fernando, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All the best. <laughs>